بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين We thank Allah جل وعلا for having granted us the opportunity once again to discuss some of the ahadith of the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم as recorded in صحيح البخاري In the first 27 episodes we touched on some of the ahadith that Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentioned in the book of buying and selling. What's important to remember is that in the book of buying and selling, Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, he mentioned certain ahadith and rulings regarding transactions and this was to give a broader picture and general rulings with regards to transactions, buying and selling, etc. in Islam. Thereafter, you find that he goes on in the next book to mention some of the more specific rulings. So we are still talking about transactions. We are still talking about buying and selling. However, these are more specific transactions. Hence, even when you read, whether it's, for example, here in the book of Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, or even in the books of fiqh, you would find that the scholars, when they want to speak about a topic, generally they'll mention it, mention the main rulings, mention the category as a whole. Thereafter, they go into specifics or what may be an exception to the rule. Inshallah, today we'll be talking about what is known as salam. Salam is a way of transacting. It is a contract between buyer and seller. And we'll see some of the differences between it and between what we've spoken about before in terms of normal buying and selling. For us to understand this topic or this chapter, we've got to recap what we've taken before. Basically, when it comes to normal buying and selling, as we mentioned, there are conditions for the transaction to be correct. Looking at these conditions, we could divide them into three categories. The first category is with regards to both the buyer and seller. And there's certain conditions that need to be met. So, for example, there must be trading or there must be willing buyer, willing seller. Nobody must be forced. So, the first category of conditions is to do with both the buyer and seller. The second category of conditions is to do with the medium of exchange or in our terms today, the currency being used. So, for example, if somebody is selling a car... The price should be specified and, for example, the currency, is it dollars, It is. is it something else, etc. So this category, which is the second category, are the conditions when it comes to the medium of exchange. The third category of conditions is when it comes to the actual product. And some of these conditions we have mentioned before. So, for example, the product itself should be something mubah or permissible. So a person is not allowed to sell alcohol, for example, because it's haram. Also, the product should be something that the person owns or he has been given permission to sell it. So, for example, if you go and sell your neighbor's car without his permission, then that is not allowed because you do not own his car. Also, from amongst the conditions when it comes to the actual product is you should be able to deliver it. So, for example, a person is not allowed to sell a bird that's flying in the air or a fish in the ocean because this is something that he is not guaranteed to deliver. After we've taken that brief recap and we've understood some of the conditions, we come to salam. 
what is salam inshallah we'll define it we'll look at some of its conditions and we'll look at some of the masail that the scholars have mentioned today so for example when it comes to drop shipping we find those who say it's impermissible we find those who say it is permissible in fact before even going into the actual drop shipping how many types of drop shipping are they inshallah we'll discuss all that so to begin imam al-bukhari rahimahullah after mentioning or after ending off the book of buying and selling, he then says Kitabu Salam, the book of Salam. What is Salam? The Fuqaha rahimahumullah have defined Salam with many different definitions. Here we will use the definition as is in Zadul Mustaqni' where the author says, Aqdun ala mawsufin fi Salam is a contract or a transaction. When it comes to the product being sold, it is not present, rather it is something that is described. The seller takes responsibility to deliver this product. So notice how the product is not yet present. When is this product delivered? Mu'ajjal. Mu'ajjal means this product will be delivered later on. So notice how when we talked about normal buying and selling, we were mainly speaking about a transaction where the exchange of money and product occurs simultaneously. So if I come to you and I want to buy your phone, for example, I give you the money and you give me the phone. We spoke about that previously. However, when it comes to salam, when it comes to the definition of salam, we find that the product is not there. And inshallah, we'll go into a bit more detail. Carrying on with the definition, he says, Aqdun ala mawsufin fi mu'ajjal. What about the medium of exchange or the currency or the money? He says that this is paid in the gathering or in the place where this agreement takes place. So let's examine this definition a little bit more. We spoke about how there are conditions in buying and selling with regards to the buyer and seller. Then there are conditions with regards to the actual medium of exchange or the money. And then there are conditions with regards to the product. When it comes to the money here, as mentioned or as in the definition, this money should be paid in the gathering or where the agreement takes place. So when we look at this condition, either here in Salam or normal buying and selling, we find that it's roughly the same. As for when it comes to the product, this is where it differs. We mentioned that when a normal transaction occurs, so when there's normal buying and selling, you find the products are there, you pay and you take the product. The exchange occurs simultaneously. And we also mentioned that a person is not allowed to sell something that he doesn't own. Okay, so what about when it comes to things that need to be manufactured, that need to be produced, that are only going to come out after one year or two years? Here we use the Salam contract. So in Salam, we find that for the transaction to be correct, then the product, it must fulfill a few conditions. The first is it shouldn't be something present. Rather, it should be something that is described. So the product is not yet present. Because if the product is present, then it's a normal transaction. So this product is not yet present. One may say, a little while ago, we said you are not allowed to sell something that you don't own. Here, how can you say that the product should not be present and you are saying it's permissible? Notice 
that there's a difference. When we talk about normal buying and selling, we are talking about a specific product. So for example, notice the difference. If I say, I want to buy your iPhone or your brother's iPhone. Here, this phone has been specified. As for when it comes to something which is called mawsuf fiddimma, something that has been described, we find that it's not a specific product. So we agree, for example, on a phone and we mention, for example, the model. So is it an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 7, etc.? However, we haven't specified a specific person's phone. So notice the difference. Also, what's important to mention is that this phone is not yet present. If we look at it, we would find that in Islam, the transactions, number one, we try to always protect both parties' rights. Number two, wherever we are able to benefit both parties, then as long as it's not haram, we are allowed to. So a person may ask, why would somebody sell like this? If you understand the bigger picture, especially you, when you understand buying in wholesale or when you understand manufacturing, you would realize that at times people need to place big orders and it takes time to manufacture these goods. Or sometimes you have money and the producer the one who is manufacturing, whether he's manufacturing goods or he's a bakery or whoever he may be, he may need the money. So in Salam, we find that both parties will benefit. As for the seller, he benefits by getting the money up front. So for example, if we have a factory and we want to buy some goods from this factory, the fact that we are giving them money up front the factory will benefit from this money, whether they need to buy raw materials, etc. As for the buyer, how does he benefit? You find that usually he is given a better price. So in Salam, we find that both buyer and seller benefit. The Fuqaha rahimahumullah, have mentioned a lot of conditions when it comes to Salam. When is it correct? When is it incorrect or what are the conditions that need to be fulfilled along with having fulfilled the conditions when it comes to normal buying and selling salam has a few extra conditions and we will mention some of these and we'll mention some of the hadith that imam al-bukhari rahimahullah has mentioned in order to show these conditions and we'll also take what's mentioned in some of the books of fiqh inshallah so we're able to have a complete picture or we able to understand it better. We should remember, as with any mas'ala in fiqh, there will always be a lot of difference of opinion across the madhahib. So when it comes to salam, we spoke about how the product here is not present, rather it's something that is described and a person or the seller will take responsibility to deliver it. When it comes to this product, a few conditions should be fulfilled. Number one, it should be something that we are able to measure and describe accurately. So you would find that the fuqaha, rahimahumullah, when mentioning this condition, they usually mention four things under it. And they say that all products on earth that you can imagine fall into one of these four categories. Either you can weigh it. So for example, if me and you are carrying out a transaction of salam and I want to buy aluminium from you or iron from you, I would say condition number one, 
in our contract when it comes to the product i want 100 kgs of aluminium here we are able to measure with weight the second way of measuring is with what is known as kale kale in the sharia is used to measure density so you would find that liquids as well as dates and foodstuffs are measured by what's known as kale and a sar is used so if a person is selling dates or something liquid honey etc then he would say for example i want one sar or two sars etc number three or the third way of describing something accurately and measuring it is by using measurements so some products for example material etc needs to be measured in centimeters or meters so if we are carrying out our contract of salam and i want to buy material from you obviously the product will not be present so we would describe it and i would say uh, i want for example 10 meters of material the fourth measurement or the fourth way in which people sell is as the fuqaha mentioned bil ad ad means to be counted so you sell uh, one car or two cars or 10 cars or one phone etc here you are not selling the phone by weight nor are you selling it by density nor are you selling it by how long or how short it is rather you are selling it by its number so one phone or two phones etc when the fuqaha rahimahumullah especially previously in the olden days when they mentioned this mas'ala they would say when it comes to things which are counted it should be something that is uniform easily replicable so for example in the olden days if they were making a large vase by hand and somebody wanted 10 of them and they wanted to have a salam contract a lot of the ulama would say that if the vase was very hard to make then you can't have a salam contract in it because it is made by hand and it cannot be accurate hence you are not going to be able to describe it accurately as for today with machinery and modern technology a lot of the examples mentioned previously we are able to replicate these products with uniform precision so it would be allowed inshallah so the first condition when it comes to salam is the product being agreed upon we should be able to measure and describe it accurately as for this condition of measure imam al-bukhari rahimahullah he mentions the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. He says, when the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam migrated to Medina, he found that the people were transacting using the salam contract or they were transacting on a salam basis. So the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned some conditions. One of the things he said, man aslafa fi shay'in, whoever wants to carry out a contract based on salam, falyuslif, it should be in something if this thing is measured by density then the density should be known so for example one saw two saw etc or if it's weighted then the weight should be mentioned one kg two kgs etc and we'll get to this condition the second condition when it comes to salam the product itself we should describe it and differentiate it if it needs to be differentiated so for example if you are selling me 10 cars on a salam basis condition number one is we must be able to accurately describe the car or measure the car condition number two is we must mention the type of car is it a toyota is it a mercedes what 
is it the color of the car if this affects so is it blue or yellow or white etc and any other description that may affect the contract so for example if you are selling foodstuffs on the salem basis if you have agreed on dates for example then you must specify the dates are there ajwa dates or are there sukkari dates etc then when it comes to the dates themselves is it first grade is it second grade is it large is it small etc so condition number two is we should pinpoint the product and differentiate it from the whole category so if the category is cars then we are specifying and pinpointing the type of car we want or if it's dates we are specifying the exact type of dates and whatever other product it may be the third condition as mentioned in the hadith of ibn abbas radiyallahu anhuma rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ila ajalin ma'lum which means the time must be specified so will it be after one month or four months or one year or two years etc the time must be specified so for example if you want to buy the latest toyota that's going to come out in the year 2025 and the company is allowing you to place your order now here the cars are not yet built you would be paying up front and the car would be described to you in such a way where we've described it accurately and we agree on the time frame so this car will be given to you at the beginning of the year 2025 for example january 2025 so the time must be specified what's important to mention is when it comes to this condition the condition of time most of the fuqaha in fact most of the schools of fiqh they say that for salam to be correct the product should be delivered somewhere in the future and this time should be such that it affects the price and they've got a lot of detail and there's a few exceptions whoever wants more detail should go to the books of fiqh why we mention this is inshallah we're going to go in a little bit more detail to mention dropshipping later on inshallah so just bear this in mind that when it comes to the time period for normal salam this product should be delivered somewhere in the future and the time should be specified the next condition for salam to be correct is after we've agreed on the time or the time has been specified we have to see if we are able to deliver the product at that time so for example if we agree on a car that's going to come out in 2025 however we say that the time to deliver the car will be 2023 here the car will not have come out yet to make it more apparent or to make it clearer another example is when it comes to foodstuffs let's say the harvest is in summer if they agree on for example dates and dates their harvest is in the summer however two people agree on the harvest in winter here there is no harvest in winter there are no dates which are found in winter that grow on the tree or that are harvested hence here it would not be correct so whatever is agreed upon the product agreed upon and the time period this should be a time where the actual product can be present one may ask that when it comes to this product that we've agreed upon and is going to be delivered in the future we've described it accurately etc does it have to be from the supplier or from the farmer or from the person who owns the original product or who will get the original product 
So to make it clearer, let's say if a person is a trader, he's got no farm or he's got no factory. Let's say I'm somebody who's got no factory. However, you come to me and you want 10 phones. Am I allowed to carry out the Salam contract? The answer is yes. Imam al-Bukhari, he touches on this mas'ala by mentioning the subchapter Babu salam ila man laysa indahu asl Speaking about the contract of salam or carrying out a salam-based transaction with the person who does not own the original goods. So even when it comes to the supplier, for example, does he have to have the raw materials? No. When it comes to the farmer, do the trees have to be grown or even the dates on the on the tree, they're not yet ripe or the trees are growing? No, not at all. And in the same way, if it comes to a dealer or a dealership, you're carrying out a deal and you agree with somebody on a salam-based contract, then that would be allowed, inshallah. That is why he mentions the hadith of Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa radiallahu anhu, where he says that we used to trade with some of the people who used to come from Sham. We used to have a salam contract with them. And this salam contract was when it came to buying wheat and barley and a few other things etc so he says that the product would be something known described properly etc the time period would be specified so the person asking abdullah ibn abi awfa radiallahu anhu he says that the people or he asks the people who were supplying you basically referring to the people who were coming from sham did they used to have the product or not so he replies he said ma kunna nas'aluhum an dhalik we didn't used to ask them this question. So these people could have even been tradesmen. Maybe they didn't have their own farms, etc. However, they were bringing the product, the product that was agreed upon. They were sourcing it and bringing it at the correct time. Again, just to remind ourselves, as we mentioned before, in the Salam contract, the products are not specified. Rather, it's a description, an accurate description of a product that will be presented or delivered in the future. Another condition that the scholars mention for this Salam transaction to be correct is the money should be paid at the time of agreement. So where the contract is being signed or agreed upon, that's when the money should be paid. Why shouldn't the money be delayed? Because there is a hadith that it mentions Rasulullah where the Messenger وسلم, prevented selling debt with debt. Basically selling something which is delayed for something which is delayed. So we find in Islam that either the medium of exchange, the money should be given and the product should be given immediately or one of them should be given at least. Both of them should not be delayed. Hence the fuqaha, rahimahumullah, they mention this conditions. There are a few more conditions. Again, as I mentioned, there may be a few differences of opinions when looking at the different madahib. It's important to firstly understand that these masail exist in the sharia. And we should also understand that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for example, something is haram, like interest, then he gives us other means in order to attain what we need, halal and pure means so for example a person here may use the salam contract in order to get what he needs now we move on to a mas'ala that a lot of people ask questions about and that is to do with drop shipping is it halal is it haram if it is haram why is it haram if it's halal why is it halal etc inshallah we'll give 
a brief overview of this, mention some of the masail, mention some of the opinions, bi'ithnillah. When it comes to dropshipping, we first got to understand the concept of dropshipping for those who are not familiar with it. Then we've got to define what is dropshipping because when you ask people or when you find dropshippers or people talking about dropshipping, you would find a lot of the times that the definition differs from person to person, from coach to coach, from country to country. And that has an effect or that affects the Islamic ruling. So when we look at the concept of dropshipping, this whole concept is based on a person selling items or selling products and the inventory or these products are not fulfilled. They are not shipped and managed by him. Rather, they are fulfilled or managed by a third party. This third party could be the supplier or a warehouse, as we'll go into detail. So when it comes to the actual dropshipping, you would find that a lot of times when people are talking about dropshipping today, what they are referring to is where they find cheap products abroad. So for example, in China or on Alibaba or AliExpress, they have products that are cheap. So you have, for example, a phone accessory that you found in China and you see that it's only $1. And wherever you may be in the world, they are selling it for $10. Because of technology and what dropshipping allows you to do, you can make your own website and you can advertise this product as though you have it or you are selling it. You haven't yet bought it. The minute somebody places your order, then they have software or at times you do it manually. You then go to the website in China and you pay for the product with the money you just got. As for the shipping details, you put the customer's details and the product goes straight to them. So if you notice, you would find that the person who is dropshipping or who has that website, he's basically become a middleman and he takes or he pockets the profit in between. So for example, our phone accessory was $1 in China. This person's opened a website and is selling it for $10. After fulfilling it, you find that he's got $9 profit. Because of the internet, because of how things work, people are able to make these websites easily and people are able to do this easily. So that is one model or one way of dropshipping. Other people define dropshipping as when you have an agreement with a supplier, somebody who has a warehouse or a wholesale and you tell them that I will sell your products, I will put your products on my website and whatever I sell, you will fulfill. However, here they have a small agreement where the wholesaler or the supplier actually appoints this person as a wakil or a partner or somebody working under them as a representative of the wholesaler. So this is also a way of dropshipping. Some people define this as dropshipping and inshallah we'll mention the Islamic ruling. A third way of dropshipping or what people define as dropshipping is where they actually buy the products and then they send them to a warehouse or what's called a 3PL, 4PL, where you find other people to fulfill your orders. So every time you get an order, the warehouse will ship it out. So notice how the word dropshipping, we've mentioned three different models that people speak about and call dropshipping. There are still other models, however, we will suffice with these because these have three distinct Islamic rulings that we are able to 
speak about. So when it comes to the Islamic ruling, first we'll speak about that which is permissible and everybody agrees on is allowed. And that is the last two models or the last two ways of doing it. That is either the wholesaler or supplier appoints you as a representative, as somebody who represents the company. So for example, on your website or before your website, you would have gotten permission from them. They would say, we are appointing you to sell iPhones on our behalf and you will get your small cut. So here you work as though you are representative of the company. When somebody comes to the website to buy the product, even though the money will come to you and you will take something and the supplier will fulfill the order, because you've been appointed by the supplier, here in Islam, this is called wakala. You are a representative on the part of this company and it is permissible. Everybody agrees that this is allowed. And one of the reasons is because you are guaranteed to deliver the product. The second model that is permissible is if you buy the products in bulk and then you send them to what's called a fulfillment center. Here you've actually bought them, you own them, even though they may not come to you, but they are under your ownership and you've appointed somebody else to do the shipping, to do the handling, to deal with returns, etc. And this is how, for example, programs like Amazon, FBA, fulfilled by Amazon, etc. work. This everybody agrees that it's allowed. As for the third model of dropshipping, and this is the most common model, where you find products that are cheap on Alibaba or AliExpress or any other website, you then make your own website and you import these products. When somebody comes to your website, they think that you are selling these products, not knowing that when they place the order, either manually or automatically a software will place the order with the original supplier and you will take the profit. Notice how when it comes to this model, the person who's made the website doesn't have to spend any capital to buy products. Every time he gets an order, he uses that money, goes to buy the product and then he gets it shipped. So neither is he handling the actual fulfillment of the product, nor is he using any resources to buy it in the first place. The scholars differ when it comes to this mas'ala greatly for two main reasons. Number one is the hadith of Hakim ibn Hizam wherein the Messenger وسلم, said لا تبع ما ليس عندك. Don't sell that which you do not own. The second reason is when it comes to some of the ways in conducting a transaction based on salam. To understand how salam fits into the equation, we've got to understand that what we've spoken about previously, we've taken salam as it is mentioned, the conditions that the scholars agree on mostly, if not all, and we've mentioned them. From these conditions, we said that the product being delivered should be delivered later on or sometime in the future. There is a mas'ala which is known as as-salamul hal. What if somebody wants to deliver the product right now or right away? Is this permissible or is it not permissible? We find that most of the scholars, the jumhur from the Hanafi madhab, the Maliki madhab and the Hanbali madhab, they say that this is impermissible. For salam to be correct and for it to be permissible, the product should be delivered somewhere in the future. 
And as for the definition of future, according to the different madhahib, they have specified their timeframes. But what's important to mention here is that they all agreed that it should be somewhere in the future. Why should it be in the future? Because if you agree on selling it to me now, that means you have sold something that you don't own. And hence we fall into the prohibition wherein Rasulullah said, don't sell that which you do not own. So this is the first opinion. The second opinion is that this salam al-hal or salam where the product is delivered immediately is permissible. And this is an opinion in the Shafi'i Madhab. Why did they allow this transaction? One of the reasons being, they said that when we look at salam, we find that the product will be delivered in the future. Here there is gharar, there is a danger, there is a fear that this product may not be delivered in the future. And yet Islam allowed this transaction. So min babi awla, it should be more permissible if we are going to deliver the product now because there is no fear of that in the future. As for the hadith of Hakim ibn Hizam radiallahu anhu, where the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, La tabi' ma laysa indak, they say that this hadith is referring to selling something specific. So if I am going to sell your iPhone without your permission, if somebody comes and gives me the money, there is no guarantee that you are going to accept the sale. So here I have definitely sold that which I do not own. However, if I say that I am selling an iPhone, an iPhone 6, I've described it properly like Salam. However, I haven't specified somebody's iPhone, something I don't own. And there's a lot of this product. I'm able to source it from anywhere. Then here it would be permissible according to this opinion. There is a third opinion and that is the opinion of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah where he mentions that As-Salam al-Hal is permissible with the condition of the person actually owning the product, the seller owning the product. So maybe it's not in front of him, but rather it's under his ownership. So after mentioning this mas'ala, we are able to see how the scholars reach their opinions today. As for the first opinion, they say that we are following the hadith of Hakim ibn Hizam radiallahu anhu, where the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, لا تبع ما ليس عندك, don't sell that which you do not own. And as for what is called as-salam al-hal, then it is impermissible to have a salam-based transaction if the product is being delivered immediately. And that is the madhab of the jumhur or most of the fuqaha rahimahumullah. The second opinion, those who said it is permissible. As for the hadith of Hakim ibn Hizam radiallahu anhu, then it's referring to something specific. So a person is not allowed to sell a specific iPhone that he doesn't own. Rather, if he describes it, then that would be allowed. And they also mention that when it comes to salam, you are allowed to agree on a salam-based contract where the product will be delivered in the future and also when the product will be delivered immediately. So this is how the scholars reached their conclusion when it comes to this ruling. For those interested in learning more in-depth when it comes to masail of buying and selling, masail like this, masail that were mentioned previously that today's rulings are built upon, then I would advise them to look at the book of Sheikh Dubayan Dubayan, 
where he has a whole encyclopedia speaking about mu'amalat, etc. Before we conclude, there's a few important points to mention. The first is these episodes are more to discuss the ahadith of the Messenger وسلم, and to give a brief idea of some of the masail that exist. Our job is not to give fatawa, especially in this type of a setting, or to try and argue or mention that this opinion is definitely correct, etc. However, at times you find that uh, people are asked fatawa. Is this halal or is this haram? That is when uh, you find a sheikh or a scholar or somebody who knows that is where they will give their opinion. Number two, as for a person who cannot conduct their own research, so you can't look into the books of fiqh, you can't look at the adillah, uh, you don't know how to differentiate. Basically, you know that there's opinions that exist. Do you always follow the hardest opinion or do you always follow the easiest opinion? What do you do in this case? Here, your job is to look at the scholar or the sheikh you trust, a reputable, trusted scholar, one who you trust, one one who you are able to put between yourself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That doesn't always have to be the hardest opinion, nor does it always have to be the easiest of opinions. Also, When it comes to somebody else following another legitimate opinion, then yes, you can have your opinion, you can uh, debate, etc. However, you cannot force somebody to follow your opinion. Another important point when it comes to making money or earning money, we've got to remember that there's nothing like easy money. Yes, at times you may be lucky, or you may have a very good deal, but usually you find that you've got to work hard. So for somebody hearing this concept for the first time, thinking that it's so amazing, so profitable, there are also difficulties involved, expenses involved, especially when it comes to advertising, shipping times, etc. With those few words, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all goodness and beneficial knowledge. Ameen. Sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.